Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Troubling Issues. This is a podcast about comics, but for everyone. Every episode, we read a single issue of a comic and talk about it in somewhat ridiculous detail to entertain and inform you about it and hopefully a heap of other stuff. But today, we're going to be doing a different format. We're not going to talk about a single issue. We're talking about an incomplete series, which we'll go into shortly. If you want to, you can read along with the comic, but you don't have to. Now, this comic we're looking at, it might be good. It might be bad. It might be a bit crazy, but it will definitely be noteworthy. I'm Brad Daniels, comic book writer and artist, and this week's guest is podcaster and writer for Comics Network Australia, uh, Jerome Castro. Hey, Jerome, how's it going? Doing awesome, Brad. How's everything? Really good, actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, we're sort of like uh, in the throes of COVID lockdowns all over the shop. Oh, man. Uh, it's sort of a great excuse to spend more time at home, I find. Yeah, it's it's they there's never uh there's never enough excuses to stay at home. So. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so going out, I uh, I have to remember to put on my mask. Oh, that's the worst thing because I'm so forgetful. I start walking around and I say, "Oh, everyone's got masks on. Everyone except me." Uh oh, <laughs> I think I might uh, be breaking the law. Yeah, that that can be a bummer. So, Jerome, uh, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself before we get uh, underway today with our book, which we will reveal this uh, is a yeah. teaser very soon? Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, my name is Jerome Castro. I'm from the Philippines, but I mostly uh, work with uh, Australian teams on a lot of things. Uh, m- most of my credentials come with a good friend of uh, a good friend of Brad and I is uh, Shane. I come from a different podcast named uh, Oz Comic Show. It's it talks about indie uh, comics in Australia. We feature we featured Brad once, and we actually have uh, get Brad there uh, at at the end of the show almost every Wednesday. So if you want to see more of Brad, and if you're if you're interested in seeing his face, you might want to give our podcast a look every now and then. That's right. You have video on your podcast, something that I steadfastly refuse to do with this <laughs> podcast. Yeah, uh, Shane was Shane was adamant about the video. Oh well, obviously, <laughs> when you look as good as him, you want you want as many people to see as possible. <laughs> yeah, that that uh, that has a mug, man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That bushy beard, those yeah. those baseball caps, the whole look. He's got it going on. Uh, but yeah. not, we're not here to uh, to t- take jabs at uh, Shane. <laughs> uh, but uh, as as fun as that is, yep. Yeah. We are here to talk about comics now. Yeah. Uh, what's your relationship with comic books, Jerome? 
Yeah, I've been a comic book fan since I was young. Um, my my initial uh, exposure to comic books was not really comic books, but uh, the X Men animated series in the nineties. Mm-hmm. So so from that I started. Uh, it ended at some point, of course. So mm-hmm. I had to I had to look for it somewhere, and I uh, it it uh, the show pointed me out to comic books. So Marvel initially, uh, but my first uh, real comic book that I purchased was the f- uh, was the first uh, uh, Wildcats number oh, one. Oh wow! Yeah, it it, it uh, since I'm from Southeast Asia, it came very late. So I was in one of the news agents, saw it one day, and from there, comic books, loved them ever since. Wow. Well, that's cool. I mean, Wildcats was a very, uh, that was a Jim Lee book and it looked fantastic. Uh, I don't know about the writing. I haven't read it since the nineties. And, uh, I I remember being like enjoying it at the time, but I don't think it was great. Uh, like, uh, Alan Moore level writing, let's say. Oh yeah. It, it, it was more PG, uh, it was more PG X Men, basically. It's 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 more it's a more mature X Men at the time. Yeah. yeah. So that's a good that's a good summation. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you do you write you write comic books as well? Uh, and for uh, I'm still developing my own story. Mostly, I do the business side of things for uh, the comics network. Uh, mm-hmm. I do the writing for our, for Kickstarters for yeah. our. Uh, if if you've seen kick, our Kickstarters and every every text there, it came from me, passed through Shane. So, oh wow! Yeah, uh, I, I do most of the uh, I do most I execute most of the marketing for uh, the team, of course, through Shane's uh, help, and I I also uh, do profiles. I do games writing as well on the side, but that's about it. Cool. Well, that's it's great. Now I'm just going to say to save confusion with listeners, the Comics Network, uh, that's spelt C O M X. Yep. So don't don't go typing in C O M I X I C K S. You won't get what you're after. It's Comics, which is yeah. uh, as you said, this like uh, network set up by uh, Shane Siddall here in Brisbane, uh, all about uh, independent Aussie comics, and this man is super keen on the whole thing. Yeah. He's like. I'm I'm surprised at how much uh, time and effort he puts in, and he seems to be doing some great work. Yeah, he is, and the the, the artists love him because there's a, yeah, uh, we're we're on the verge of uh, becoming the next uh, the newest uh, publisher uh, for in the comics in Australia, which is really awesome uh, in the grand scheme of things, and hmm. it's 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 really good work, and I enjoy every time I connect with artists like you you know uh, oh, i think that covers uh your background and uh, stuff yeah. like that let's talk about this comic this this week we are yep. talking about uh in, as i mentioned earlier in a break from tradition we're talking about a whole series and this will be uh doomsday clock yep uh, yes a 12 issue series uh released from uh, 2017 to 2019 by DC yep. Comics, written by Jeff Johns, drawn by Gary Frank, and coloured, I believe, by Brad Anderson. Uh, controversial in many ways. 
uh, and very long, 12, 12 issues. So I don't even know where to start with this. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe we should start with uh, the contro- controversy of the series. Well, why why don't you tell us about the controversy first, so that we can have the uh, the people who don't know about it, you know? Okay, well, I will. <laughs> In fact, that's a great <laughs> idea. Uh, I should not get you to do all the work. So this is controversial due to the fact that it is a sequel, uh, Watchmen, the yep. seminal graphic novel by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons. Watchmen, of course, has oh, like so many controversies over it. <laughs> But mainly because it was originally, when it was originally written, there was a contract signed by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons that the rights would revert back to them, rights for the characters and the story would revert Mm -hmm. back to them after uh, the the story was out of print for 12 months. Yeah. Which was a odd sort of... Uh, clause to have a new contract, contract, but it was they, uh, no one really gave it much thought because this was in the heady days of 1983, I think 1983, yep. 1982, and comics never stayed in print. They would be published. Maybe there would be a graphic novel or a collected edition published, and then a year or so later, they'd all, you know, that's it. Uh, and Watchmen uh, was historic not only because it was extremely extremely popular and uh, well done, like like groundbreaking in some ways, but it never went out of print. So never, ever, ever went out of print. <laughs> exactly. Still in print today. Uh, and so Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons felt sort of screwed because <laughs> they were expecting to get this uh, this property back into their own hot little hands, and they were not. And that was just like the first inkling of the problems that they ran into because there was all sorts of uh, things with licensing and uh, just generally mistreatment by management of, of uh, DC Comics. Uh, so much so that uh, uh, Alan Moore doesn't want anything to do with the Watchmen anymore. Yep. And that's like the old controversy. Doomsday Clock is controversial because it is a sequel to a story <laughs> which was never intended to have a sequel. Yep, exactly. So uh, a lot of people were like, well, why, why, does this, why does this book even exist? And can it even hope to live up to this story? The original Watchmen story was very notable because not only was it a complete self-contained unit, yep. it also like deconstructed a lot of the uh, tropes behind superheroes. Exactly. It and made it uh, made you re-examine how they were treated and what, like, if, like, I suppose it's one of those stories. Stop me if you think I'm wrong, Jerome. But, mm-hmm. like, what if superheroes were real? Uh, that nowadays tired trope. Did, th- did they cover that pretty well, do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's actually uh, uh, all, all, almost all of it, actually. And it, it was... It it was weird when it first came out because everyone, yeah, of course, Jeff John's name was tacked tacked on the title, but um, in in of by itself, no nobody knew what was what this should be about because the watch the Watchmen people uh, the Watchmen universe shouldn't have 
intertwined with DC at all. It's 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 basically it basically connected with uh, the the exact world it's criticizing, which yeah. is by itself weird and too meta, basically. <laughs> yeah, I think well, I think we're getting right into it. Okay, so uh, <laughs> weird and too meta. I think that is a very good summation of the thing. Now, talking about the story of Doomsday Clock, we got to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah, and we can like uh, it all. It's all interconnected. Maybe, yeah. I think we. I think because I'm trying something new. We're trying something new with this episode. We'll start with a stop. Okay. Did you enjoy the book? Uh, well, as it is, uh, here, here's the problem. Here's my problem. Okay. With it. Yeah. Okay. And I'm starting controversial here. Oh, uh, nice. <laughs> oh, uh, I initially, just, just for context, I, I've read this when it came out, mm-hmm. uh, against, uh, uh, Brad who had, uh, the, the collection basically. Yeah, that's right. Uh, my, my brief story is I never read it as it came out. Yeah, because I thought this is going to be a disaster of some, some sort. <laughs> then I saw it was uh, up on a secondhand website, Gumtree yeah. here, and they had the collection for five dollars, which is like uh, just chump change. And it was like like half a kilometer away from me, so I just went and bought it out of curiosity and yep. read it. So I got the whole series for less than the cost of one issue, basically. Yeah. Uh, and then I like I said, okay, now I've read it. I have to talk about it. That's why <laughs> that's why we have this podcast happening right now. Exactly. Yeah. I remember the exact moment that you showed me that uh, that copy, man. Mm. Yeah. Well, anyway, not not going on a tangent, but uh, I read it. Uh, I've read the story as it came out. The problem is. Uh, at the time, Jeff, uh, Jeff Johns, the entire the entire publication uh, of this comic book was so slow. Nobody knows who who's at fault, and nobody wants to point a finger. It can be Jeff Johns, it can be Gary Frank. Mm. Uh, but the entire thing lasted two years for a tw- for a twelve issue miniseries. Yeah. So by the time that it went halfway, it went okay for the first half. And then it stopped pub- publishing, mm. and by the time it came back, nobody cared. Yeah, everyone stopped caring about it, and uh, and again, uh, it the last six issues delayed for I think an almost a few months extra. Uh, don't quote me on that, but the entire point is it 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 felt like a mishmash of uh, of stories. Yeah, that they they're following a central point basically, but mm. uh, it felt like a mishmash of stories that went everywhere and nowhere at the same time. Mm. Yeah, and then they just converged on issue twelve. And the grand scheme of things, it's as a reader, it can be very very exasperating. You know, yeah. it, it 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 actually initially I was initially very uh, interested and I was very keen about this series. Because mm-hmm. it had the two things that I like in it. It had Batman. Yeah. It had yeah. <laughs> it had the Watchmen. Yeah, yeah. But in, in on the first three issues alone, it it's it started to lose me because it was uh, introducing things that were inconsistent with how these uh, characters were originally uh, told, uh, and 
it was it was crazy because you don't know who to follow. There are yeah. B plots and C plots and D plots that you need to follow, yeah. and you need to go have a good understanding of the history of almost all the characters to understand what's what the sh- what the hell is happening. Yeah, absolutely. And this is like something because I actually bought my copy off a uh, exchange student, like a foreign. I think yeah. she was Chinese, and she was reading it to try and. I think she was into uh, manga, and oh, she yeah, wanted to yeah. get into uh, English comics. And as I could not imagine a worse comic to try and get into as an yeah. introduction to uh, American superhero comics because it's so grounded in the lore of what's gone before. Yeah. And you have to not only know Watchmen, but you have to know minutia of the uh, DC universe to have any idea what's going on. Exactly. And mm. it had a very... Uh, it it had very obscure characters in it that if you don't uh, if you don't care about doing wiki or you 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 started in the 90s or 80s uh yeah. you wouldn't know them it had johnny thunder in it <laughs> yes that's right johnny thunder was a major character who uh, did nothing until uh i don't know did he do something in the final issue maybe yeah, we yeah. Should, maybe we should start going through this uh issue by issue yeah so issue 1 is mainly set in the Watchmen universe. Yep. Everything has gone. To, everything has gone to shit. Yep. The fine and amb- ambiguous end of the original story, which was, will the uh, will Rorschach's journal be published, exposing the conspiracy behind the destruction of New York? Yep. Uh, so we instantly have that question answered. Yes, it was published. Everyone knows <laughs> nuclear war is going to happen. Yep. Uh, everyone hates everyone. Everyone hates everyone. <laughs> and uh, there's a new uh, Rorschach who dresses like the old one and talks like the old one, but is not the old one. Yep. Uh, uh, like Ozymandias uh, allegedly has a, 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 uh, a, a disease. Yeah. And he wants to try and oh yeah he has I think he has a a a, 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 a type of cancer and he's fighting at the time and he want he basically wants to try to save the world yeah uh, again yeah because he he tried his last plan to save the world failed yep and, uh, okay so that's good uh, so let's talk a little bit about the form of this comic. Now it's exactly like the original Watchmen. It is done in 12 issues. It's done. Uh, the art style is very close. The layout particularly very close to what Dave Gibbons was doing. The nine panel grid. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, there's back matter at, at the end of each issue. The final issue is double sized. All, Exactly like the first Watchmen book. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, unfortunately, uh, I think it falls down in the fact that the first Watchmen book had two things going for it that this book does not have going for it. One, it was doing uh, a story that had not been done before. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's say in that form, which was there was like 
there's this grand conspiracy to save the world by creating a common enemy. That itself was done, uh, apparently, in a episode of The Outer Limits. Uh, but apparently Alan Moore was unaware of that. Uh, and the <laughs> second thing was it, was it actually had... It was about something. Uh, it was about ideas. Yeah. It was like the idea of the ends justifying the means and uh, how, does, how do vigilantes... Uh, like enforce justice, uh, yep. enforce the law if by breaking it and stuff like that. And why is wearing a cape a bad idea? Things like that. <laughs> yeah. And, and the other thing that stands out to me from look is the back matter because there's always like a few text pages at the end of each issue. And in the original, they always gave you extra information that filled in the background of the world that you're in. Exactly. But I found in this one they basically just restated the stuff that you'd found out during the story. There wasn't anything particularly new or interesting in there. Yep, and it wasn't. It didn't even feel like it was helping anyone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it, it it gives more lore, but it, it also makes it, uh, matters much worse <laughs> if if you if you're trying to read it really. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that's it. Like that would be my one thing is like this is a book that is set out to let's say not duplicate but sort of like take the format of a Watchman, but it does doesn't have any of the it has the form, but it doesn't have the the content. It doesn't yep. have it doesn't have the charisma. It doesn't have any weight to anything that's mm -hmm. going on. And yep. I say that happens in a larger way, but uh, in that there was this. Watchmen, famously self-contained story. This story had a prequel. Yep. Which was the button, where someone, uh, so, oh, Batman finds the the comedian's button in the Batcave of all places. I would I would have believed that it the button could have been. Well, this is my personal opinion, and I'll I'll give the hot take. I like the button better than this one. Oh wow! I've never read the button, so yep. so it's 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 interesting lore-wise because it's uh, it's primarily DC. I I don't know how how they worked it out, but much of the button works as they try to tease uh, the Watchmen characters, uh, but the execution itself with uh, at least with issue one first is. A, a little off the mark. It, it, uh, yeah, it, they they did this grand uh, prequel to it, and then it it came flat once they started doing it because yeah. I mean, and there was a huge gap between the prequel and the actual uh, yeah. book as well. Several years passed. Yeah, and uh, the. The pri the primary issue, I mean, you you already summarized the the technical details for this one, mm -hmm. uh, and my primary issue with this issue one is it starts with a plot hole, oh, if right. if anything, yeah, because if if you if if you remember your Watchmen, the 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 tabloid that got the diary mm -hmm. is 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 just a small uh, newspaper. Yeah, yeah, uh, the right wing, uh, uh, like rag known as yeah. New Statesman. Yeah, yeah, which which 
by the uh, if it, it doesn't uh, the reach of that uh, if you think about it the reach of that specific tabloid mm -hmm. doesn't uh, doesn't mean uh, anything if if at the end basic uh, what what Rorschach said in that journal is not does not equate to what what they're showing in issue one because in issue one they're basically telling that uh, a, a lot of the conspiracy unraveled because of the diary. But if you think about it, how, how they nobody would believe that diary at all. Yeah. So you're saying it's like uh, there's a credibility gap there, and it was yeah. The there's new a there's credi right. Yeah. And they yeah. they didn't explain that properly enough to to make the the events convincing. So you're saying it starts from a a faulty premise to start off with. That yeah, it, it starts from a faulty premise, and it, a lot of it is contrived just to explain that we're uh, just to put us in this situation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which, uh, again, as you pointed out, it, uh, Alan Moore never designed the original Watchmen to be to have a sequel, and mm. that's because this is the problem. That's you know? right. It's, so it should be open to interpretation. You know. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like Schrodinger, Schrodinger's cat. Yeah. Yeah. No. Once you once you say you know once you open that box, you know what's happened. Uh, it takes away from the original ending. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So it was the new frontiersman. That's what I was going to say. Not the new statesman. New frontiersman was the right wing journal which published that. Uh, there, yes, the back matter is like newspaper clippings telling the story that anyone who's read uh, the Watchmen would already know about. You know, uh, this, this monster appeared in New York and killed lots of people, and uh, it was all done by Ozzy Mandias. Uh, let's skip over to, and like I will say this: uh, the artwork in this is outstanding. Yep, it is. Uh, Gary Frank is amazing. Uh, every like it is, it's very well. It it mimics Dave Gibbons' style like really well, but just uh, with the Gary Frank uh, flavor. Artwork, yeah, yeah. It's like there's so much more detail. Every character has uh, so good expressions and amazing like reference, and everything looks like much like it's done from photographs it's so uh well rendered yep and uh the the pacing the pacing is beautiful too even even if you uh for all the criticisms i have about uh this specific issue uh, or this uh series in its entirety mm -hmm. uh what it, it never failed to keep me on my toes it never failed to keep uh make uh, keep me reading uh, mm. from panel to panel and the details are awesome if, if you if you look uh, uh, in in uh, through the panels you will see uh, you will see details uh, even in other in the over the next issues about mm. you know what will happen and you you'll have a, a, a general idea on what's happening mm. uh, even even if even before they add all the story elements the b plots and the c plots to it which yeah. at least for pacing wise, which is it's awesome for for a reader. Mm, yeah, uh, I think it, the story held together like really well plot wise as I was going through, like, and I got to read it all over just over a period of a couple of days. 
Yeah. So it was all fairly fresh in my mind as I went through it. Yeah, I don't know. The, 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 what the story serves, I found, it just didn't have enough meat on the bones to really make me think this is anything other than just another superhero team-up comic. Yep. And it's, it's an explainer on what's <laughs> happening in DC. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's one thing. That's one thing that I was glorious <laughs> not to have in Watchmen is like, uh recaps and like uh particularly like leaving like picking up on current events in comics and leaving to be continued sort of like plot threads to be tied up elsewhere at the end that is something that was not in watchmen but is fully through uh through the doomsday club so episode two we meet marionette and mime uh and uh the the world gets blowed up uh the watchman world explodes uh nuclear war is declared and uh so we have ozymandias rorschach marionette and mime and they all shift over like cross between dimensions and end up in uh the dc universe let's say Yep, who's having the same problem as they are. Yeah. Well, a similar problem. Uh, like yeah. The people have turned against superheroes because they feel, they think they're a uh, product of a, uh, of a conspiracy by the US government to con- create yeah. their own, uh, like, metahumans, as they term them. Yep. Uh, which is a plot thread... Which is, uh, it seems to me, I wasn't reading a lot of DC comics, but I don't think it was ever mentioned anywhere else other than this particular comic. With the, um, yeah, for yeah, I've read a few uh, other titles uh, during this time, and it was barely there. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a little too thin on the details on why they, why everyone's going against. The superheroes. Uh, there, there were, there have been a few problems, but it's, it's mostly, uh, they're, they're mostly minor. So mm. I, I, I'm, yeah, much, much of the anti-hero sentiment is uh, encapsulated in this uh, specific title. Yeah. Okay. So uh, issue two. So they escape back to, uh, yeah, Rorschach meets Batman in the Batcave. Uh, Ozymandias meets Luther, uh, and when and he's attacked, attacked by the comedian, uh, and we find out about the Superman theory. There's like lots of setup now. Marionette and Mime, what about those as characters? What do you think about them, uh, Jerome? Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, when, when I when I think when I initially saw them, uh, I I. I didn't have invested. Uh, I wasn't invested in these characters initially, but the um and at least for this issue, it it I question why they're there initially, and I guess my my questions will be answered eventually. Uh, but uh, so far, uh, there there's this uh, uh what's this? There's this idea that uh comic book uh 
uh, writers and uh, always tell tell me in the interviews in our podcast that uh, when you remove uh, uh, the the importance of one character is uh, weighed by how crucial they are to the plot. That if you remove them, will the plot move? And so far, uh, e- even if I understood that their importance in later issues. Uh, so far, they they're doing uh, at least nothing of value for this issue. They're okay. they're they're basically uh, they they're starting they start the action where action shouldn't be. Yeah, they're, I'm gonna like I'm gonna cut let's cut forward into the plot then because I'm I re- I didn't read this that long ago. I'm still I'm struggling to remember what the whole thing was. Their importance was that they had a child or they were going to have a child. Yeah. They had a child. They had, which, they had one, yeah. Which uh, Dr. Manhattan knew about. And uh, let's he, see. They, yeah, they were doing a robbery. And uh, they were supposed to be vaporized by uh, by Dr. Manhattan. But he decided against it. Yeah. Which, um, should we reveal what, what happens in the end? Yeah, it's like, uh, oh, this yeah. is spoilers. Okay. I, spoilers, <laughs> spoilers guys. So at the end, it uh, we learned that their kid is uh, the next Clark Kent. Okay. Or Clark, quote okay. unquote. And so, this, is, this is, I think you've got it. Okay, that's right. So the the girl child, which they were thought was important, was not important. Oh, yeah. There's a male child, which the big twist is uh, that he was in, adopted by Dr. Manhattan. And or abducted. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. If you feel if you look at it. Uh, yeah. And yeah. he's named him Clark, and then he shows up at the end. So I, I don't understand. I don't understand this storyline at all. What is it trying to say? No. no, no. Is... Here, here's the the entire message. Uh, and here, here's what well the thing, Brad. And he, this yeah. is what everyone says, and what what everyone says, and I also kind of believe in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the entire story is not about Watchmen at all. Mm-hmm. At least it it is in uh, face value. The yeah. Watchmen, uh, yeah, it's Watchmen. But the entire point of the entire se- uh, entire series is basically that uh, the Watchmen world lacks their own Superman. Mm-hmm. That uh, that Superman is this beacon of light, beacon of hope, basically. Mm-hmm. And the 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 Watchmen world has come to shit because they don't have one. They don't have an inspiration. Yeah. And so. What does Dr. Manhattan do? He, he thinks he's not the, the person for the job. Mm-hmm. So he basically ha- gets uh, uh, the kid, the first kid of uh, Mime and Marionette. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he brings, uh, he keeps Mi- Mime and Marionette in the DC universe and takes back the kid mm-hmm. uh, with him to the Watchmen world and uh, basically trains uh, trains him, uh, adopts him. Yeah. But, and he's he's named Clark, and he's basically at least hinted to be the next Superman. Okay. So here's my question to you and everyone who thinks that's the point of the <laughs> of the story. Yeah. And I'm, I'm I might swear when I say this. Yeah. So watch out. 
why the fuck does it matter whether these whether the Watchmen <laughs> world has a Superman? It it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, we no, live no, no, in a I world without with Superman. Is that why everything's shit here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, well cl- climate change and uh, billionaires going through their rockets. But no, we don't have a Superman. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, I I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's like so. Yeah. The point is like, Doctor Manhattan wants to make things better, so he makes his own Superman. Yeah, which is which is weird. Uh, yeah, is you're su- right. Super weird. But is... what? Why does that even matter? Like we like we don't. It's like, is anyone attached to the fate of the Watchmen world? It's yeah. He's not. He's not. He's not even something that. Uh... That should exist if you think about it, because the uh, what's this? The kid, the kid uh, is born after a nuclear apocalypse. Technically, if if mm-hmm. if if uh, Doctor Manhattan didn't tamper with uh, with what's happening in the time stream, yeah. Uh, and, oh, and that's another thing. Okay, thanks, thanks, Jerome. You've given <laughs> me something to complain about. Okay, so. In Watchmen, it's established that Dr. Manhattan uh, cannot change the time screen. He can only experience as it goes by. Yep. In in the flat plane, basically. That's, That's how they right. say it. Yeah. Yeah. He goes to the DC Universe, and suddenly he's changing history left, right, and center like that's a thing he can do. Yeah, exactly, and that's and that's weird, you know, because if you if you think about it, he he's basically playing uh, he's basically playing butterfly effect on everyone in in, in the other universe and yeah. here we are he, he we we were told initially that he cannot save the world and now he's playing with time which is, so yeah i mean like i said the original watchman uh stop me if you think i'm wrong but i think yeah. that the whole point of dr manhattan is that he is the most powerful man in the universe but uh, the mere fact that he has that power me- makes him powerless to make any changes to what goes on. Yeah, but, yeah, and because what they're basically saying that this, uh, what what Doctor Manhattan is doing in this issue invalidates basically all the arguments for uh, for the original Watchmen because mm. he could have saved it right there and there in yeah. the original if he had the powers he has in this. Uh, uh, series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, is there anything in particular that you uh, that stood out to you in the in the story? Because I have a few things that have stood out to me, but I'd like to know if there's anything that uh, you particularly liked or you particularly disliked. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one of my favorite um, among among the my most favorite moments in. Uh, in the series, in particular, was uh, there was a scene with uh, Firestorm getting out of control, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, spoilers. He made he made uh, basically he was mobbed by protesters, and he accidentally turned them into glass. Mm-hmm. And uh, and as a as a as a Firestorm fan in particular, that mm-hmm. that was cool to me, but. Even yeah, sure, it had uh, it had its own plot hole to it, but uh, what's <laughs> this? Yeah, because he cannot uh, he cannot change organic matter. Yeah, uh, yeah, but uh, by uh, I I 
can say kudos to Gary Frank for doing that really nicely because mm-hmm. it 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 uh, if if you look at that specific uh, page yeah and it's uh, this and in the aftermath after if you if you're reading that uh, on on a, on, the, on a physical that mm-hmm. shit is amazing man yeah. uh, I mean the the colors are perfect and the the horror in everyone's face after that it uh, it reminds me of uh, death of Captain Cap. Captain America. Wow. It's 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 a different uh, it's it's a different uh, 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 kind of horror altogether, but yeah. it, it it has the same bang to it. You know. Yeah, I've got that page in front of me now, and yeah, it's it's impressive. Like just like the 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 artwork, the workmanship that's gone into this is amazing. Yeah. And yeah. It, it it has if if you're uh, reading it uh, uh, if you're reading it if you're a nor- normal reader uh, uh, and you see that that will have an impression on you and yeah. and it's it's impressive how they did uh, how they did that at least mm. in my opinion because it's um, if if you're if you're uh, if you're it 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 creates a good uh in technical terms page turn it makes mm. you interested over in what will happen next yeah um and it's really really good as for, mm. but as for the things that uh i am not entirely impressed uh i wish i wish they made uh the story a little shorter more condensed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it felt like there was filler in the middle there's there it felt like there's a lot of uh, the sub the batman subplot was never tied you know okay oh my god yeah, yeah. i mean well which subplot now there are two yeah, well, things about batman i'm gonna <laughs> time for me for a rant one if he, he gets rorschach rorschach and he t- takes him like he tricks him to go into the gotham so he's like yeah. he's a guy with no id and Batman apparently now has the power to just send people to Gotham who have no ID, with no doctors looking at them, and lock them up in an insane asylum for a while. Yeah, and That's insane. Nobody questioned. Nobody questioned the legality of it, man. Oh God. <laughs> and then there's the other time where uh, Batman is actually captured by the Joker. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And we're like, oh my God, is is and he, I think the cliffhanger is well let's find out who he is and they never take off the mask they never do they yeah. just yeah, why course. because he his cowl always has plot armor by itself man oh, i man. mean all, all of a sudden comedian the comedian you know it mm. it, it happens every time it's like an adam west uh, episode of the <laughs> batman oh my god but yeah i think like speaking to what you're talking about there jerome like I think there are like lots of really good individual moments yep. of superhero action or setups in there. Like yeah. like the glassing all those people or I think there's the scene where they're all going to Mars. Oh uh, yeah. And that's... you cut between um between all the different ships and see who's in them. <laughs> and it's like, okay, this is this is great. This is like great fan service where you see yep. the the magical heroes in one ship and the Shazam heroes in another and the Justice League in another. But <laughs> that, this, like, it's all hollow. These, these, like, sure, it's matter, kick-ass yeah. superhero stuff, but it, there's no meaning behind it. 
Yeah, just, it doesn't matter. It's just cool shit to look at. <laughs> and I think that's... I think if I was to come up with one thing, my problem with... Not just this series, but... Um, Jeff John's writing in general is that he writes fantastic superheroes. He like he does fantastic superhero action, but he can't write human beings. Yep, exactly. He can only only write like these costumed people who who look like things for reasons that make no sense. Why did everyone go to Mars? (laughs) Why couldn't they tell someone what was going before they went to Mars? Yeah, why all of a sudden? Yeah, like that was the big the big plot point is all the superheroes go to Mars, so all the supervillains are free to do whatever they like. And it's like there are ones like I don't know the Green Greenlands they could fly there in minutes. Why do they have to go at the same time as everyone else? It makes no sense. It's just a cool sort of like superhero thing. Yeah, it's 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 just a cool thing to show that. They cannot touch Doctor Manhattan. That that's basically it. Yeah, it means and, nothing in the long run. Yeah, exactly right. And the whole thing, like, you know, I guess like Doctor Manhattan raising his own Clark Kent. It sounds like a, oh wow, what a cool thing. Like he's gonna no, say, no, it's well. fucked up. <laughs> <But> <laughs> it's just crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. What's going this, on? This, this naked blue guy abducted basically a three-year-old child from his mother at birth basically if that doesn't ring a, ring a lot of alarm bells i don't know what will okay and he expects this kid to be the next superhero for his world oh. the next uh, beacon of hope he's and he's learning to be a beacon of hope from a, a literal god and a literal god amongst men and two Two superheroes, which is uh, Night Owl and Silk Spectre, will also have their problems by themselves, you know? Yeah. And I think, oh, God, I mean, the whole point of Watchmen is that by the end of it, Dr. Manhattan is so stripped of his humanity, has lost <laughs> has lost touch with oh, yeah. his humanity that he doesn't, he's sick of humans completely and he leaves <laughs> because he doesn't want to have anything more to do with them. And the fact that he now wants to raise a child is crazy. <laughs> when when has uh, when has John, uh, John ever cared? You know, it was like it's crazy. It's crazy to think about it because he he, he no the, the the entire the contrast of um, Doctor Manhattan in what in the original Watchmen losing touch of his human side, and mm. now all of a sudden he cares about this uh, this. Uh, he cares about finding out if if the if mm. the, there will be hope in the world. It, it, it doesn't compute, you know. It doesn't make uh, sense. Uh, I think. Okay, here's here's my hot take because talking about it has solidified something in my mind. I think I think that Jeff Johns sort of relates to Doctor Manhattan as mm-hmm. and as a comic book reader as someone who can see the events happening but cannot affect them and because like jeff johns obviously started as a fan before becoming yeah. a writer and like he is like saying oh well we want to uh, he says okay so what if this person what if this person this fan who is just observing what's happening decides to write decides to change like 
contribute to this story. Maybe that's where it's coming from. I don't know. Well, yeah, but he's he's doing it all wrong. I I guess, but um, at least at least from my point of view, because there there are much better ways to uh, to save a uh, to save a world than what he did. He there are yeah. much much better ways to do it. And yeah, he could I have understand. stayed behind and stopped the nukes launching, for instance. Yeah, I mean, if uh, and it's well, he's he established that uh, what's this? Uh, Doctor Manhattan tried every timeline and and everything like that. But there, uh, in the first place, uh, he undoing the entire no. Here's here's and here's where it falls because it's so hard to think of something. Uh, if you think about it, it's so hard to think of something that makes the Watchmen world work after, after the after the end, the original ending. Yeah, and to, it's it to think of something that will make a positive spin on that world is just grasping on straws, and that, that's a that's how good Alan Moore is. Uh, he he gave he gave out this very cynical view of the world and. Even if you try to do anything about it, it doesn't spin. Uh, it doesn't spin into a positive direction. Yeah. And yeah. And Jeff, basically, I, I mean, I know he he's been a super fan for so long, but he, he tried his hand on it, and at least from my point of view, it it kind of failed. Hmm. Well, I'm sure they made like they sold enough copies to have ah, yeah, Chinese exchange students that they, <laughs> they uh, made totally. money. During the time this comic book came out, all of the uh, almost all and every YouTuber uh, person and every review and every every uh, forum person I've uh, I've talked to, they've been they 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 love this. They 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 ate it up. Oh wow. Well, I, I, I really, I see. This is why I, I didn't know what uh, your reaction, Jerome, to this comic was going to be. So that's why <laughs> I wanted to like have this discussion on air, like during the podcast. Yeah, it would have been. I mean, I was sort of hoping we'd have different views, and it sounds like there are different views out there. But it sounds yeah, like yeah, we're but... pretty simpatico about how we feel <laughs> yeah, about this. We're we're from the same side side of the fence, which is for some reason the one. We, it won't work for a discussion, you know. But it is what it is. Yeah. No. It is what it is. So, uh, yeah, I think that's like there's other things to talk about. Like it's a hefty volume. There's yeah, things. It I didn't even get to talk about uh, the mimes guns. Or... <laughs> yeah, and everyone, everyone's told that nobody has superpowers there, but look at mime. Yeah. So my reading is that he actually does have guns. They're just invisible. Yeah, and how did he do it? Nobody knows. Because... How did he get those guns? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's <laughs> a crazy thing. And the whole origin issue that they did of those, which was like, what was the point of that? I don't understand. Yeah, because uh, they're they're treating it like we're we're invested in these characters, and that's, <laughs> that's, that's like we problem. really care about mime and marionette. Yeah, I mean, they're they're. You, you know you can you can replace mime and marionette with two generic characters the the uh, and it would have worked regardless yeah trust me on that yeah 
No worries at all. Yeah, so uh, cool. I think we've we've reached the final judgment section, Jerome. <laughs> so uh, we we can have you can say whether the, you think the comic is good, whether you think it's bad, or whether you think it's weird, or any combination of those. Uh, for example, I will begin, and I will yeah. say that I think this is a bad good comic. Okay. By which I mean, I think the comics final like the final product is pretty bad it's like this telling a story that to me makes little or no sense yeah and i don't see why why they had to tell this story but it was good because it's the the workmanship and the art and like the the plotting and like the like the writing is it's all really well done but i just mm. think it serves a end which to me I don't get. I just don't get why this why this is a story they felt they had to tell, particularly with all the baggage which comes with it being a sequel to The Watchmen. They they can they can never uh, maybe someday, but this is not it. Yeah. No. So what's your what's your reading? Yeah, I mean, uh, from uh, for me it was. Uh, it's all it's all, my my idea almost mirrors you uh, mirrors yours but mine is bad it's it's both bad and weird it had <laughs> it like no 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 yeah, because, I love it. yes as you said it had good craftsmanship you can uh, i will never in a million years tell jeff jeff ja, uh, jeff johns that uh he he's uh storytelling is shit Mm-hmm. He, he his his storytelling is on point. Don't get yeah. me wrong on that. But he needs he he's he's the way he treats characters, the way he treats uh, uh stories, they're uh they're very muted. They mm-hmm. they lack a certain it, it it you know when you read this, there's no immersion. You yeah. know that these are fictional characters because the best uh watchman stories, the best Superman stories are stories that immerses you in the world. That's why Kingdom Come is a legend. That's why The Watchmen is a legend because the 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 author, the 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 artist or the writer for those stories, they bring you outside of your world and bring you in their world. Mm-hmm. And the and Jeff Johns uh, tried uh, and gave uh, a. Uh, he had good plot. He had Gary Frank was real, doing really good, but he, it never immerses. It will never immerse you for a, a second. Yeah, and it, it even and it trying to uh, make a sequel for a, for a Watchmen is a tall uh, tall order. And indeed, yeah, and Je- I, I I salute uh, Jeff Johns for trying to uh, to give it a proper sequel mm-hmm. but man this he he overshot his direction by a mile mm. he it, it's it it at the end of uh at the end of all things it's just so it's like someone telling you a story and at the end it's like what the and what does this all mean yeah why does it matter so why, why to, should I care? Though? To borrow a phrase, it was full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. Yep. 
Yep, exactly. You got it on the bottom. Yeah, baby. That's that's my boy, Willie Shakespeare. Big Willie Shakespeare word. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I think we've I think we've covered that comic. Oh well, we. Uh, I did have another question we could ask. So, is it, which is, what did, what did you learn from the comic? Well, uh, if anything, I've learned to, let's see, do uh, that. I, I learned three things that mm-hmm. uh, DC doesn't know how to do Watchmen. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I've, man, I've also read uh, the subsequent, uh, uh, the the other stories that uh, involve Watchmen. Manhattan, yeah, and and they they don't uh, and I uh, they they don't know how to do them properly. Yeah. Uh, uh, second is uh, they had uh, the Superman. They had a Superman's history, even at length. It's it's inspirational, but. He can only inspire so much, and he he can only do so much with a story that's meant to be cynical. Mm-hmm. And the third one is, I sincerely hope that Jeff Johns doesn't do this do Watchmen ever again. I've got some bad news for you there. Jerome. Oh man! Uh, just reading on the on the uh, the Wikipedia page. Following the release of the final issue, Jeff John stated that he and Gary Frank were considering the possibility of a sequel to Doomsday Clock. No, why? <laughs> why do what? Is... They're 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 gonna grow up. Uh, Watchmen, Super uh, Watchmen, Clark. <laughs> no. Yeah, yep. Oh the my. Series is referenced in the crossover event Dark Knight's Metal and Generations in 2020. Oh no! But and the Infinite uh, Frontier relaunch in 2021. Yeah, yeah, I remember Infinite. Yeah, and. That that's the problem because yeah, Infinite Frontier is has opened a, that's an entirely different problem altogether for DC. Open <laughs> open themselves for a can of worms that we we don't have time to uh, to, to 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 look at. And I think well, what I learned from this series is that uh, I don't know. I I guess I don't. Is there anything really? <laughs> I, I think I learned that I don't care as much about superheroes as I do about people. Yeah. People I find interesting. Superheroes as a concept uh, leave me a bit flat at the moment. So, well, there you go. That's what I... Short and sweet. <laughs> short and sweet to the point. Okay. Yep. Let's wrap that one up. Let's, let's move on. Uh, we've got a question from the internet. Yep. So, oh, let's my God. It. We have so many to choose from, Jerome. <laughs> uh, some of them we have already covered. Well, check for uh, check for something. Uh, yeah, I mean, find find something find something that will make us do a hot take again or something. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Uh, okay, yeah, well, we have a question which is more of a time travel question. Like, best use of sequel or prequel premise in comics. But that's uh, the problem. Is like all my friends on Facebook are very clever, so they ask questions that I I can barely understand. Because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I'm dumb. Uh, oh, come on. Uh, so 
Oh, look, we got, uh, like, as I mentioned, we have nine questions here from Paul Ruhr, uh, a fine co comic fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, like one of them, one of those questions has got like I, I count six question marks in it, so that's actually six <laughs> questions. Oh no. Uh, okay. <laughs> God. Okay, I've got to ask the most the one that uh the easiest one to answer, which is from Tim Burns, which is was Alan Moore right to be mad about Watchmen sequels? Oof. Is he? I don't know. That's the question. I will mm. say, I yeah. mean, sort of. But then you have, some, like, we haven't even talked about the Watchmen TV show, which I thought was a very interesting and well-done sequel to the comic. Uh, well, it, it is. I haven't, uh, um, well, I'm only halfway there. And, mm. uh, and so uh, I'm only halfway there so far. But from what I've gathered right now, it, it is it, it it is quite interesting so far. Hmm. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm a little back uh, uh, behind on my uh, on my TV shows. Hmm. So I think, but generally, yeah, he's he's right to be bad. But I I don't know whether he actually cares so much these days. I mean, mm -hmm. Alan Moore has has had a very successful career. And I don't know whether he's mad or whether he's just like over it, you know, like whatever, you know, that's something I wrote 35 years ago. Mm -hmm. Who cares what, what is, what's happening with that nowadays? <laughs> and uh, he's, he's too busy worshipping snake gods and stuff like that. <laughs> uh. But Alan Moore is Alan Moore, you know. He'll he'll always be uh, he'll he'll always be angry at at something. Yeah, he's very uh, yeah very iconoclastic. That's a word I wanted to yep. slip in there. Yeah, he's like he's against many things. <laughs> he he's a he's, he's quite a nihilistic person uh, from 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 what I gathered. I mean, mm. uh, I, I wasn't there. I wasn't even born yet in his prime. But from from what I gathered over the years of uh hearing people's opinion about him and the people mm -hmm. who worked with him is he is he's quite nihilistic but at the same time i mean uh yeah he he owes it i, I don't know I, I i want to believe that he owe uh he owes it to the fans to keep uh, to let people enjoy his work mm. I, I i mean it's 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 much like uh was this George R. R. Martin? Yeah. That that uh yeah, I mean you're you George George R. R. Martin himself uh feel seems like he's not finishing Game of Thrones anytime soon. But because he feels like uh, and he owes not he and he's the type of person that owes nothing to the fans really. But uh with uh his world his world and Alan Moore's worlds are interesting enough that it it will be a shame if if they're they're kept uh in a vault somewhere you know yeah, yeah i think uh i mean like alan moore that's like we could do another hour on that yeah he's like obviously the original watchman characters were based on existing characters yep. so and his most no like most popular comic of the past ten years was League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which was featuring existing characters which he had not created. He just like stuck them together. Yep. 
so there's precedent for him using other people's work to entertain, doing uh, what you could call unofficial sequels. He also he's but he's not everything he writes is grim and uh, horrible i mean he wrote some very uh hopeful uh superman comics back in the day uh whatever happened to the man of tomorrow i think yes indeed yep. and uh for the man who has everything uh and also you know but he also has a history of like getting into fights with people he's working with and swearing <laughs> never to work with them again so that's happened many times. So he's yeah. a complicated figure. Yeah, I yeah he is. He, he's quite a complicated fellow. Yeah. So, I mean, in answer to the original question, was he right to be mad about it? Oh, probably. But, yeah. I mean, I think anyone who's been around a long time realizes that there's no point hanging on to anger. Yeah, because, especially for, for things that you've finished uh, almost four decades ago. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, Great. People enjoy things, you know. Yeah. People like what they like. Yep. Uh, That's it. I think we've covered everything. That means we have just one last, well, two last things to do before we wrap up the podcast. And thank you, Jerome. You've been fantastic. It's been great to talk about this comic. Cause <laughs> I hope we haven't chased uh, all the listeners by, by this point, you know. <laughs> well, we may have. We'll find out. <laughs> You're you're assuming that people are actually listening in the first place, which is oh man, come on! The the first the first reason I agreed to to, uh, going on your podcast because man, fifteen minutes of you in our pod uh, on our pod is never uh, enough time to talk to you about things. Shucks, Jerome, you're making me blush. Uh, okay, so recommendations. What what would we say? What would be a comic or film or something other pop culture that you would recommend perhaps instead of uh, Doomsday Clock for people to watch? Well, uh, yeah, right now. Okay, th- this this will be this will this will sound weird coming from me, but uh, I one of my uh, the suggestions that. I will give to everyone was, and this is uh, this is limited to this series. Don't, don't go further. Uh, is the the Batman Death Metal series? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And don't go uh, further. <laughs> if you want to go further, it's up to you. But it all goes downhill from there. Uh, <laughs> what's this? Uh, Death Metal is basically um, uh, uh, different types of Batman. Who mm-hmm. who are uh, different iterations of Bruce Wayne, basically, who uh, became uh, come from negative uh, Earths uh, within the DC, uh, DC uh, universe, and they they basically did something uh, with their worlds. They are collected by what's basically uh, uh, the la- uh, the man who uh, the man who laughs, the uh, mm-hmm. a Batman Joker combo from yeah. a different world and I, I i recommend that uh specific series the 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 six especially the the, the those six series plus um the ones that uh show off every, each and every what if batman world mm-hmm. because it's it's what it's from my from my point of view it's it's scott snyder at, at his best 
okay. Uh, he he knows how to do uh, Batman, and mm-hmm. it's it's quite entertaining. If you're if you're going for this for a, from a pure entertainment standpoint, uh, there's there's death metal. Um, and if if and if anyone wants a TV show, and if if you're into DC and Marvel, Invincible on uh, the TV show, give it okay. a look. Right. Ah, uh, yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about that. Yep. It, it's it, it's like seeing Alan Moore and uh, oh, what's this? Alan Moore uh, birth a new uh, baby. Oh. Uh, yeah. He did that in a comic once too. <laughs> there was an oh, issue of Miracle Man where they had an explicit childbirth. Just because oh, so. <laughs> uh, he just had a kid himself, and he's like, "Oh, this is so good! I wanted everyone to see how this happens." <laughs> well, uh, shock everyone for for the heck of it, you know? <laughs> Maybe okay. That's that's good. So that was uh, that was Batman. No, Dark Knight's Metal. Darkness Metal. Yeah. And, and Invincible. Invincible. Yeah. I will recommend. Uh, I'll well, I'll do a double dip too. I re- I recommended this before, and we discussed it a little while ago. I'll recommend the HBO series of Watchmen. Yep. Which is a completely different take of the sequel uh, than what we read today. It's it's in a different format. It's in television as opposed to comics, mm-hmm. and it's much less beholden to the original. It's it moves forward in unexpected ways. Let's say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the uh, it starts with like there's there's regular squid rains that happen <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, as a like after effect and like that's something that is totally not from the original comic but is justified. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's like it's a very interesting and a prescient take because it happened came out before uh, the whole Black Lives Matter movement became a thing, and it was very much about race relations in uh, in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I say that is a much more interesting take on the sequel, whether you consider it good or bad. At least it is more original than what we got in the Doomsday Clock. Yep, and I guess I. In an unrelated thing, I can't think of any comics that I've read that I really liked lately. So I'm going to recommend uh, I Think You Should Leave on Netflix, which is just cringy humor, cringy, <laughs> cringe-inducing humor. Uh, if you want to laugh, you want to forget about the Doomsday Clock, watch that, and you'll see some horrible, horrible people doing crazy things. Oh, it's on Netflix. Okay, I guess now I have something to uh, something to watch. Yeah, I, I warn you, it can get quite painful at times. Uh, <laughs> very funny, very funny stuff. It's Tim Robinson, man. So it's 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 gonna be cringe-inducing. Yes, indeed. Okay, uh, and that's that's it. Except for plugs, is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah. Before we uh, end proceedings, there, Jerome. Yeah, of course. Uh, so all the listeners, uh, if if you're still here, thank you. Thank you for uh, listening to Brad and me, and especially uh, uh, to Brad and me prattle about this, uh, <laughs> about Doomsday Clock. But uh, yeah, uh, we, we currently, at Comics Network, we currently have uh, a Kickstarter ongoing for uh, our 
comics uh, presents and presents noir. Uh, it's for our first issue, and it it will have eight uh, indie Australian uh, creators and eight stories in it. It's gonna be an anthology. Um, presents will be our colored uh, issue, mm. while presents noir will be our black and white issue, and each will have uh, uh, four original stories each so that's a total of eight and there are names there uh, household names there in uh Aus australian indies like uh, lee talker uh, dave die mm. uh, tony menzi so uh, you uh, please check out kickstarter uh, kickstarter and look for uh comics percents and percents noir it's it's there we're we'll be on our last uh, few days uh by the time this comes out so uh, I hope everyone supports uh, Australian indie comics, and I know you'll love it, guys. Yeah, good stuff. And once again, that's comics with C O M X. That's how yeah, you spell C O M X. Yeah. No worries at all. And I will plug. I'll plug what I'm doing at the moment. So if you go to Edge Comics on that was Comics with an X, C O M I X, uh, on Facebook, you'll see that I do uh, markets every weekend where I sell new and used comics, comics I've made myself as well as secondhand comics. Uh, so feel free to check those out. Or if you'd like to check out my comic work online, go to edgecomics.com and you can find, you can order all the available comics I have. And uh, I brought out a new issue of Tales Too Stupid to Tell about a month and a half ago, and it's really good. So you should buy that and read it and have a laugh. <laughs> And, and that's my plug yeah yeah and thanks for having me brad um it's been my pleasure jerome it's great i'm glad i finally got to talk about the clock <laughs> and, uh, get it out of the way yeah yeah uh and yeah it's been great having you you've been very very uh talkative and <laughs> very concise and thoughtful in your comments so it's great to have you along thank you very much for being here Thanks everyone for listening and we'll catch you next time on Troubling Issues.